Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Time to talk and time for tea. Can't you see how happy we could be? What makes you happy, listeners? What lifts your mood? For me, it's singing in this rather specific out-of-tune way. It's, uh, oh, look, the DPD man's just arrived. His name's Lucas, L-U-K-A-S-Z. I hope I'm not uh, contravening any privacy laws by saying that. Me and Lucas, the DPD driver, have the most wonderful relationship because he is tolerant of us because we order a lot and we're not in a lot. And because we just moved into this place where we're living, place, house, I can't work out which way I want to be the entrance. So he keeps trying to get in doors that don't open anymore. But we get on fine. And you know what I did? I went onto the app and gave him a glowing report. And every time I see him, I think, did Lucas read that I wrote that report? Or is that something that just goes to head office? Anyway, I can tell you what he's just dropped off. He's just dropped off a metal pole for a curtain. Oh, look, he's driven past and now he's going back the other way. Any directions needed, Lucas? Yeah, he's dropped off a pole because I'm doing my curtains. Thrift fans among you. I love a bit of boiled wool to make a curtain. Should I tell you why? Because you don't have to hem them. And that's really seriously helpful. Oh, that was quite Craig Revel Horwood, wasn't it? Really fabulous. We should have him on the podcast, shouldn't we? So that's what I've been doing. And I've been doing my self-assessment tax return. Have you lot paid your taxes? I hope you got it in in time. Actually nearly killed me. I don't understand it. And I actually got quite angry as I was doing my tax going, this is built for people to confuse them and then feel like HMRC are going to come and get me because I've done it wrong. Well, you've seen nuns on the run. I'll escape them. What's going on on Homo sapiens? Today, listeners, is time to talk day. It's all about mental health. It was set up by the charity Mind to encourage people to seek out spaces where they feel comfortable about opening up about their mental health. So this week, we're all opening up together. You listeners have been writing in, sending in your voice notes. We're all going to have a talk. We're going to talk about it because there are specifics around mental health for the LGBTQ plus community, which I think talking on this podcast has aided me massively. And I hope in some ways it has aided you in any way, shape or form. So that's what's happening today. Plus, we've got the most amazing guest. We've got Jordan Stevens. He 
is one half of the hugely successful Rizzle Kicks. Jordan goes out with Jade from Little Mix. She is an incredible LGBTQ plus ally. And Jordan is also himself. And I became transfixed by Jordan because of these long mental health notes he used to write on Instagram, being really, really honest about his mental health and taking this beautiful view on it before a lot of other people were doing it. And he has sort of grown that and turned it into this organisation called I Am Whole, which is all about uh, looking after your mental health, basically. Jordan is really, fu- <laughs> really funny, aggressively honest. And we just have such a nice chat, being really open about our mental health. And what he's doing with I Am Whole for mental health is extraordinary. Uh, so yeah, that's really exciting. Do you know what I want, though? Want, want though? is a coffee. And I want my husband to bring me a coffee. So we're going to try an experiment here, listeners. Put my mic down. I'm going to text him and see if he brings me a coffee. Please may I have... Oops. Coffee. Please may I have coffee. And I think I need to put an emoji on there to try and counteract the extreme cheekiness. So the in-house emoji here is the smiley face with the glasses. That's kind of how we communicate cheeky in this house. And then message three kisses. Let's see how that goes down. He's on the phone a lot this morning, so I don't know if he'll see it. But we live in hope. Okay, let's see how that goes. What else have I got to tell you? Did you listen to our interview with Dr. Ranj? Lovely reactions to that. So thank you, including Doc Jack Lopez, who I said on the episode, don't know if Doc Jack Lopez is an actual doctor. And then I saw that Doc got in touch on Instagram to say, Doc Jack Lopez being one of our listeners, a long time listener. Don't know why I've got that stuck in my head. Sorry, it's taking a while for Instagram to boot up. Oh, so Jack wrote, I promise you I am a real doctor, just not a medicine one. I'm a medical anthropologist specializing in sex and reproduction health. Just heard you on the Dr. Ranch episode. Jack, thank you. And please have cleared that up. Uh, I'm sure you've told me that before, actually, and I just have a terrible memory. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me today with the singing. You'd think I didn't need any more coffee. Maybe I don't. Don't forget, you can always get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com, at homosapiens on Instagram. And listen, everybody, I don't mind that you have plans in February, but I just mind if you don't come to the live show on the 14th of February. It's a Monday. It's at King's Place in London. Are you coming? Please, as many of you come, and I won't do an Adele, I promise. I will be there. So we're doing a crossover episode with Deborah Francis-White of The Guilty Feminist, so you get her as well. And we're doing The Guilty Homo Sapien, where we're all going to be confessing our terrible secrets about being terrible queer people. We want to hear yours as well. The link for the tickets is in the episode bio. Please come down. I want to meet you all. What are you waiting for? That's what they say. Please. Please, please. Emails. Our resident bird expert has been back in touch. Hi, Chris. Cheers for reading out my email. Pleasure. It came as a surprise for me to hear my own words. Mm. 
Well, that's what happens, isn't it? I'm glad that you're engaged by the subject matter. If you ever have any bird-related questions, then please let me know. There's lots of people who could melch, melch, help as much as I can. Um, Interesting, because I do have a lot of bird questions, and it's something, I keep seeing things that look like owls during the day around here. Is that possible? Or are they eagles, massive wings, but they look like they've got big round heads. Can you tell? Can you tell? I know a lot about birds. In return, I should catch up with the tourist. The tourist is the show that I directed, listeners, that I haven't really spoken about on this podcast because I keep forgetting. So, the tourist is what I was in Australia to do. It's available now on BBC iPlayer. Then it's going to HBO Max in America. Please watch. Please write in and tell me what you thought of it. So, anyway, sorry. Back to the email. In return, I should catch up with the tourist, but I missed it so far. And always feel loath to jump aboard with any series involving a character working things out, unless I can catch it from the beginning. It's all available on iPlayer, listener. This listener likes to remain anonymous, by the way. I've heard good things about it. Well, good. You know, Guardian gave it five stars. So let's uh, nobody grumble. And I wasn't really aware of Jamie Dornan until seeing him cast in that. Mm, well, Jamie Dornan. Did Fifty Shades of Grey not cross your desk, um, among other things? The Fall. Oh, but you're not in England, are you? I remember this. Um, and the new Kenneth Branagh film, which is Belfast. Now, Belfast is brilliant. Everyone who hasn't watched it, go watch it. I think he's going to win an Oscar. Um He's not exactly unpleasant to look at either. Uh, reader, I mean, writer, you are eagle-eyed, not only with the birds, that's eagle-eared, you're eagle-eyed. Jamie is indeed very pleasant to look at. Made a career out of it uh, as a model prior to being an actor. He's a bloody brilliant actor. Now, next email. Hello, beautiful people at Homo sapiens. Hello. I wanted to write in to propose a further discussion theme. I can't seem to find any videos or articles online about, and I'm having trouble right now in my own living situation. Ooh, okay, sorry. I'm just like limbering up for a bit of agony, uncle. I live with four other people, and they're all cis straight women. Cisgender listeners, meaning living as the gender you were assigned at birth, for anyone who doesn't know. As lovely as they are, I don't feel seen or respected at all. I get misgendered whilst constantly reminding them I go by they, them only. So your pronouns are only they, them. I've been polite and patient, but I've been here a year and nothing has changed. Oof, that's that's tricky. We're doing house viewings for a room next door to mine. Our landlord in the past refused to put LGBT plus friendly after I requested this to be in the ad she had written for spare room. Her reason was she didn't want to exclude anyone who was looking to rent and she didn't want to be political in her ad. I didn't know how to respond, so I left. Hmm, I mean... Is that that's not being political? I hate it when people say that. It's like, oh, don't be political. It's like, I'm not being political. And we're talking about safety here, let alone anything else. Anyway, uh, I'll get to the end. Cut to this month. The new ad for this room stated four females looking for a new housemate. I emailed asking for it to be changed to three women and one non-binary person. And when I finally got a response, I had noticed she had then changed it to four housemates. So again, she refused to be political in inverted commas in her ad. Cut to today, about an hour ago, we were doing virtual viewings and we sat down together to ask the people questions, etc. I asked everyone and have been asking everyone what their stance in a, on the LGBT plus community is, as I feel it's an important question, as well as us asking people's vaccination status and COVID stance. Uh, do they have a nutri bullet? I also think you need to add into this list because they are noisy buggers. Um, my housemate decided to react with that was an intense question while we we're on the phone. After the call, she started asking why I asked that. She mentioned that if she would have been asked, it would have made her uncomfortable and that it was a bit political. There's that word again. I made the case 
of the fact that I have lived with homophobic and transphobic people before and it's important for my safety and mental health to not repeat that. Quite right. Can we see where I'm going with my advice? She didn't understand the importance and admitted she was only thinking of her own experience. Well, that's a step in the right direction. So I did get an apology. Woo! Hooray for apologising. But I am tired. Mm-hmm. As it's such a current issue for me, I wanted to maybe get some advice on how to survive in an all-straight cis house as an anxious queer person. How to have uncomfortable conversations with landlords, housemates, etc. and how to stand your ground. Maybe to hear some other stories so I don't feel so alone right now. If you read this far, thank you. I listen to your podcast to get to sleep. Well, and I love everything you do. Thank you. Uh, Listen, pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. (laughs) Helping anyone get off to sleep, you know. It's my job. Um... Realise I was a bit perky at the top of this episode, if that gets you off to sleep. Shall I do a nice soporific one instead? Hello, listeners. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. <gasps> Shall I do nighttime? Should we do bedtime stories? Oh, my God, that'd be lovely. Well, a first thing I'm going to say is that I think you've handled it brilliantly. You know, there is a version of this letter that could be written in saying, like, I haven't been able to say and I've just gone along with it. And now I don't know if this person is a homophobe or, you know, queer intolerant or you know, all of those things. And you haven't, you've stood your ground. And I think that is exemplary. What we're talking about here is the difficulty of standing your ground in a world that is structured for the majority, plus, crucially, is inhabited by people who don't understand why it shouldn't be constructed for the majority. And that's the bit that's tricky. I I think it is our destiny to be operating in a world like that like I think it will always be like that however I suppose some situations are harder than others and what I think a lot of queer people do is you actually end up structuring your life inadvertently or unwittingly to be this thing that gets you closer and closer to not having to interact with those kinds of people on a regular basis so you kind of retreat into your queer family and that's not you know it's not how it should be But I think it's about getting comfortable with standing your ground and people learning that that's what you're like. And you're you're just doing so brilliantly. I can't, you know, I can't say enough of that. We are, unfortunately, it it isn't, you know, I remember Murray Hill, the drag king, coming on this podcast and saying, as soon as you have to start explaining your life, you're no longer equal, which I fully agree with and understand. But also, you know, you do have to give people a minute and help ex- help them understand and explain. And I think what's interesting is your housemate said, you know, she hadn't thought about it and then apologised. And, you know, I'm interested that your housemates didn't mind talking about COVID status and stuff when, you know, that's being particular. And you could also say that's being political if you wanted to. It's not. Why are they not being as comfortable about your questions? Because they're specific to you and not them, I suppose which is not good. I think also the misgendering and pronouns thing. Um, oh, sorry, text message just come through from husband. Of course, kiss, kiss. So I obviously played that right, played a blinder. Um, just right back. Thank you. Any biscuits? No, I'll just write thank you. Um, people misgendering you is not acceptable. So... It's an education thing as well. You can sit people down and go, hello, I noticed that you haven't been getting it right. It's been a year. I just want to have a conversation with you to explain about what it makes me feel when you get it wrong. 
you get your right pronoun used all the time so you wouldn't understand this but I don't here's what it does to me and I know I think going in with love I know that you wouldn't want to upset me because I think you're a really nice person here's what I want and then when they don't use your correct pronouns I think that you must correct them but also you want to encourage them to make sure that they are doing it right as well and you know when they do get it right say yeah that was brilliant you know praise the good as well as correcting the bad and that I think can be really useful now listeners I want you to get involved here I want you to write in and say have you had similar circumstances I'm also how old are you may you write in and tell me how old you are and how old these housemates are and where in the world you are because in my head you're 23 and I didn't think 23 year olds misgendered people as much I thought it was an education process for the older generation Please write in and tell me. Uh, husband's written back. You are very welcome, kids. I'm in a good mood today. Um, thank you so much for that email. Listeners, write in the groundswell of the queer community. Get in. Give your advice on this situation. And secondly, tell us if you've had it as well. Let's help each other. Let's go and have a look at the Time to Talk poll we did. So all about it's Time to Talk Day. So we thought we'd have a look at how comfortable you are about talking about your mental health. Question one was, do you feel comfortable talking about your mental health? Yes, 67% of you said no. 33% of you said no. So it's a third of you do not feel comfortable talking about your mental health on time to talk today. Is there a particular person you talk to about it? 61% of you said yes, there is a particular person. 39% of you said no. We had so many responses to this one. So thank you. Print 71 on Instagram said they are two of my closest friends one of them also came out as on the ace spectrum last year so I'm very lucky to have someone who not only understands mental health issues but the ace side of things too ace being asexual for anyone who doesn't know who's listening talking to therapist as an ace person can be a minefield interesting because we're back at the Dr. Ranch specifics from last week of healthcare workers type area um not knowing how to deal with because you're still very likely to run into someone who wants to treat your aceness even if you explain that it's a not the problem and b a valid orientation oh that i didn't realize that was still the case and i'm so sorry to hear that um really i'm thrilled that you've got those friends to talk to rob's been in touch mine is an old school friend i've known for 20 plus years they are also queer having the shared understanding of the world and the issues we can face as queer folks makes talking to them about mental health issues so much easier than straight friends i have it's grounding and reassuring to be there for each other. Well, this is it. It's like two things I'm taking from this poll. One is we do need a specific person to talk to. Most of you have a person you talk to who who's on your wavelength, really. And also people with the similar situation. So if you don't have that, write in and let me know. Please let Homo sapiens be that. Because I know that it can be very isolating if you don't have that. Um, do you think I should text the husband and go, so where's this coffee? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So the next question was, are there still taboos within mental health? Yes. 96% of you said yes. 4% of you said no. Listener Bretta got in touch about taboos. The first time I spoke about my anxiety to my mum, I was immediately shut down by her because I know she gets anxious in similar ways to me. She explained to me that anxiety is a defence mechanism and a sort of security blanket, and I was meant to have it, I guess. At least that's what I took away from it, and so obviously now I don't want to tell her about any of my mental struggles. My dad is emotionless and will only put down your struggles because you haven't been through hardship. So I don't know if there are certain taboos within the topic of mental health, but I think it's still a taboo as a whole. And I always thought that I would be able to notice struggle within myself and be able to help myself. But even now, when doctors aren't able to find an explanation for my esophageal issue and are linking it to anxiety, I still won't go to therapy. Hmm, That's really fascinating, Bretta. You should not have been shut down about your anxiety. And actually, you know, your mum is, it's all about people talking about mental health is often met with other people's mental health slap bang in the face, you know, like you suddenly see how they deal with things. Because if your mother shut you down, that's probably what she does with problems full stop. And when people feel they can't solve things, they shut them down rather than time to talk day, talk about it because they're frightened of what's going on behind that door. I actually remember when I first started investigating my own mental health. Well, what an odyssey that's been. Um, I didn't want to talk about certain things because I thought I would share them with a therapist and then they would say, you're broken. And I would go, ah, yeah, I feel like it's how people react. But if people aren't able to give it to you, just don't take it to them. Try and find people who you can get it from because it's too important and actually intergenerational stuff as well. Like that generation were much more stoic than us. And as I said to Dr. Ranch last week, talking about mental health is this generation's miniskirt. You know, that generation above don't get it. Weirdly, I sort of feel like I span the two uh, in terms of my age, not my understanding. I'm all for the talking. Lovely James got in touch about taboos at work. So I feel there's still a lot of taboos around mental health in regards to who you speak to and the experiences shared. For myself, I was on my way to work once and I had an anxiety attack. And the nature of the job I do, I, I didn't feel safe to go to work. I, I felt I needed my time to reflect, to really take ownership. I had quite a stressful day in general. And when I phoned up my employer, it was met with anger and annoyance even though at that moment in time as a company we're really trying to push good mental health practices but in practice it didn't reflect and I feel that is a very generational thing and talking to say younger people or people who are more aware it's not a taboo but definitely it's generational and cultural. I'm sorry that happened to you James and I've had a panic attack before and a 
fucking nightmare. Literally, I've had a couple and they're awful. You feel like you're falling on the spot. Does anyone else resonate, that resonate with anyone else? James, what's interesting is because the, the <laughs> you're experiencing the clash of people trying to get on board with this stuff in a corporate sense because it feels like they should and actually the financial requirements of that person needing to deliver some work that day and you are the person who's going to do that work or whatever you know so they reacted badly not that you need this explaining to you but it's going through my head because all they heard was something's not going to get done today rather than somebody needs help and that's that is the problem with business and mental health in a nutshell business particularly in work I've experienced over the many many years <clears throat> I've been you know at the coalface it's really tough and no one looks out for your mental health so it's kind of left to you and then you end up being the difficult one for putting down a boundary sometimes it's not what should have happened you should have been supported and I'm sorry to hear that but I imagine listeners hearing you say that it's incredibly useful because it's everywhere it happens a lot and please uh, listeners write in and tell us how you've been getting on with your mental health in the workplace I'd love to know more about that um we then ask have you struggled with your mental health and 93% of you said you had so that shows that it's a challenge for everybody it's not something that happens off in corners then we said tell us some tips on how to talk to someone suffering with poor mental health well we're going to return to this because there are so many responses it's just incredible uh let me summarize listen everybody listen don't respond listen i don't have tips but it needs to be easier to find a therapist even privately that says cutterbud listen as much as talk says folky book note show empathy and listen just be present and allow them to talk create that safe supportive space for them that's the resounding thing we've got here everyone just saying listen and actually you don't have to fix it when someone's talking about their mental health because it can be the hardest thing to leave your mouth when you're trying to share stuff about your mental health and if someone starts coming back at you with lots of suggestions it can actually make you clam up and you don't really get to the point and often sometimes you end up talking about something around the point for quite a while because you're trying to lead up to the bigger thing what was an unexpected positive about talking about your mental health we asked you well incredible people feeling better I like to operate and encourage others and adopt a one, two, three conversational style. Oh my God, Petrie Plum, that's the one we spoke about where you say, is this a one conversation, a two conversation or a three conversation? I, didn't, I thought that was just my f- sister's friend made that up. So a one is like, I need to just talk about it. A two is something and a three is I actually need your help and you flag it at the beginning of the conversation and it means that you can just share without someone trying to solve it. Uh, I got closer to my friends is one suggestion. You realise you aren't alone. Exactly. Just having someone to listen to me and talk about made the burden feel a lot lighter. I realised I wasn't alone. I enjoyed fourth year of uni more when my senior teacher knew about it, it being your mental health challenges, I suspect. Um, Connecting the dots of my past and present that helps me understand myself better. Oh, a thousand times yes. Then we asked, do you know where to get mental health support? 76% of you said yes. 24% of you said no. Now, for those 24% and everyone really, 
two brilliant resources mind they've got a page if so if you google mind mental health they have they have a page specifically de- dedicated to lgbtiq plus mental health with resources on how to manage your mental health supporting others as well as further information on helplines and face-to-face support Gendered Intelligence is a trans-led organization which aims to improve the lives of trans people. It's got a whole network of therapists and counselors, in-person youth and community support services. They do beautiful work. Go have a go have a look. Sorry, it's burp. Where's this coffee? Sorry. Shall I text? Hmm. Any news? Re coffee? Question mark. It's, it's not great, is it? Oops, sent. Um mermaids are the third resource i would like to bring your attention to there are many but i'm just giving you my faves they support transgender non-binary and gender diverse young people through secure online communities local groups helplines, resources and events we're going to return to this so many voice notes people sharing about their mental health we're going to return right then You've been all talking about doing your talking. Let's go and talk to Jordan, who has done some of his own talking to great effect. He's an incredible person. I Am Whole, his organisation, which is all about talking about mental health, does wonderful things. Jordan, massive star of the Rizzle Kicks, shot to fame, and then started talking about what that had done to him and his mental health and is now on a totally new path trying to help people. He's a wonderful person. Let's go have a chat with him. I'm whole it's such an amazing project and I am so grateful for you to you for doing it to be honest and congratulations on its massive success where where are you at with it at the moment I think for me this year I've just really emphasized how much I want to move the conversation from mind-based awareness into action-based body stuff you know okay. it has such a positive effect on my mind um, mm. l- looking after my body that you know, because five years ago when this started, I barely even understood what anxiety was uh, or, yeah. you know, or my own anxiety and these terms were, weren't really thrown around. And there's been this incredible surge of awareness and people can now identify what certain things are and take steps towards it, which is great. But I worry sometimes that now we have all these words and in, but instead of there being actions, there's this kind of like leniency or some people are even utilizing some of the mental health space to almost victimize themselves, which is wild, you know, using this, the, this, the, the terminology and the space to kind of be like, I should, this, I don't know. I don't want to get too sound. I don't want to sound. Mm-hmm. I'm just, do you know what I Honestly, Chris, I'm genuinely passionate about people like genuinely feeling better. I want them to, you know? Yes. So I worry that I contributed to a space where people were relying on, words and just the mental health awareness where i'm Mm. like no that's great you can tell people how you feel and people we will all be more compassionate but we also have to take this into our own hands and try and make positive steps forward so i want to make sure that everybody feels empowered enough to do that you know genuinely empowered and and realizes that there are other forces at play that are encouraging us to be our worst selves and and i and i want to i want to be i am whole to really focus on separating us from that shit separating Mm. us from adverts and mass corporations or like you know cheap food all this kind of stuff i really want people to feel more empowered to you know like go for a walk look at a fucking tree man like this shit helps you it's crazy Mm. can you remember the first time that you were sort of aware of your mental health from from your younger days i remember realizing i i might have adhd really i remember yeah i was i remember i was in it 
I was in IT, so I must have been 14 or 15. And I didn't, I fucking didn't do well. And I, I, ironically, I became a graphic designer quite quickly because I focused on all this shit outside of school. But during school, I think I actually got a U in, in IT, which is unmarkable. I don't think I even gave anything. Um, <laughs> Hang on. You, you did, yeah, because you designed all the Rizzle Kicks logos and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did all of that shit. But I knew, yeah, I was in a lesson one time and I was like looking, I don't even, bro, that's what's so mad. I don't even know why I was on the website. Look, maybe I typed in like, why am I? I might have typed something in like, why can't I concentrate or something like into Google? And then it came up with this thing, ADHD. And then it was like, if more than 26 of these 31 points feel familiar, then you should speak to a doctor. And I remember like reading these points and being like, yo, this is me. And then, and then I told my mum, she was like, oh, and then they, we went to CAMS, which is like a children's cat. It's like a children's, uh, I don't know, like mental health center. I don't know. And I remember I we went to this place camps and they were like, right, okay, we're going to do a Connors report, mm-hmm. which basically means that they would give this survey, <laughs> a survey to people I knew, like my friends, my teachers, oh, wow. whatever. And then they would like bring it together and then make a mean average on this chart. And it was bizarre because off at that back in those days, ADHD was really associated with anger, with like mm. kids just losing their mind. They're just like throwing things. That was like the one kid I knew who had ADHD just used to like throw things all the time. But I didn't really have that. But on my Connors report, I remember the amount that affected my temperament was like quite low. It was kind of normal, like 40 something percent. But for concentration, my report was 98%. Like that's what the people around me thought that I was so diff. I found concentration so difficult. So then I got diagnosed with ADHD and then put in like the special learning center for my GCSEs um, with ev- with kids of like dyslexia and shit. And no word of a lie, they gave me biscuits, which is probably one of the worst things to give someone with ADHD. Um, but I didn't understand any of that stuff as men. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand it as mental health. Um, but another one I'll quickly jump into. Another interesting thing is I actually wasn't that bothered about being diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid. I could, could, didn't care. Mm. I, I was, I found it kind of, I got a bit of extra time um, for my exams. I was allowed to stand up and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. But when I left school, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, these are all just labels. Like, what does it even mean, you know? And then when I was about 22, I was in New York where everyone's obviously doing meds up to their fucking eyeballs. <laughs> and my friends who arguably wouldn't have even had ADHD were on Adderall, this thing Adderall, right? Oh, yeah. And, and they had prescribed Adderall. And my friend was like, hey, do you want to try this Adderall? And I was like, what is it? And they're like, oh, it's for ADHD. And I was like, oh, apparently I've got ADHD. Like, so they gave me this double drop dose of Adderall and Chris on my life. Yeah. I could not fucking believe what was happening to me. I, this is the truth. I'm not exaggerating this until that moment in New York at the age of 22. Yeah. I promise you, I didn't know people could think before they spoke. On my really? life. I, I honestly didn't realize that people were, I swear I'm not exaggerating, man. I know that sounds so stupid, but I, I honestly, I honestly thought, <laughs> I honestly thought people just said what they thought and then dealt with the consequences after and were like, oh shit. So I just thought the whole time people just didn't have anything to say. You know what I mean? And I took, I took this Adderall and I'm there and all these, you know, knee jerk things are coming into my head. And then there's this new voice that's like, yo, do you want, do you want to say that? And I was like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to call my friend a dickhead, you know? So then yeah. I was sat there and I remember my friend turned around and was like, Jonah, you all right? And I was like, yo, I'm great. I'm great. They're like, you haven't said anything in like four hours. 
I was like, I don't need to. I don't need to say anything. And it's then, all um, in here. And then, yeah, so then I realised I really did have ADHD. And that's kind of when I started to medicate myself a bit to help me focus. And it was cool for a while, but as with anything, you know, what goes up must come down kind of thing. And often with that medication, it's hard to come off it. But also it can feel like when, because I think there's a lot of stigma around medication. And actually, I have been prescribed diazepam in the past, which I don't really describe prescribe people anymore. Is that an anti-anxiety or antidepressant or both? Uh, an anti-anxiety. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and it's what I think and I wonder if you feel this as well like what I think is what's quite interesting is that once you take a piece of medication that takes away something I felt it really helped me see the shape of what that thing was so then I could try and remove that without medication because I sort of knew the shape of it does that make any sense yeah it does and that's what my that's what the guy who diagnosed me said. He would. He said really? the goal is always to come off. Yeah, the goal is always to, or just to believe that you can do it. But I, being being an addict, I think that might throw something else into the mix. Like I definitely have addictive tendencies. Mm. I easily fall into patterns of thought where I become reliant on something. You know, I can't do this unless I take my Medicaid. That kind of shit. Right, and so right. it's taken like three or four years of doing things from a place of sobriety for me to to get to a space where that's just normal to me now and that and that, so in my in my in my situation it's definitely tied into other drugs i got really into cocaine because cocaine was actually focusing me i did mm. i do cocaine on nights out but actually when i had a cocaine problem was when i was doing cocaine to work like i'd be I'd be doing it at home on my own, like writing fucking scripts and shit, just like, ah, you know, and then like telling everyone. And I remember people being really confused about whether or not to intervene because they were like, Jordan's got a drug problem, but he's so productive. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan's got a a drug problem, but he's written like three TV series. Like, what do we do? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So like, but it was because because I was able to focus my mind, you know? Mm. And, and so, and, but I became attached to the idea that I needed to be medicated. I needed to be high. And so actually for me, taking into what you're saying before taking other measures build up yo i started to run like long days like 5ks yeah like for the first time and i'm i'd like to believe myself an athletic young man right mm-hmm. but for the first time i focused on cardio six months ago and right. it changed my fucking life because it's encouraging me to breathe and so mm. much of my anxiety is in breathing mm. and now i can approach other things like football or or yoga or being in the fucking bath, cold showers, and suddenly I'm I can re- I can rely on my breath, and I wonder how much of my initial anxiety or the spiraling between the anxiety and the ADHD would have been me just not breathing properly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. literally just. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, he says after not taking a breath for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely chat with Jordan. My coffee still hasn't arrived, has it? It hasn't replied to my message either. This is the end of part one, but there's more to come, part two. So head over to your feed, click on part two and have a listen. Powered by Spirit Studios.